This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. I learned a new phrase uh, just a couple of days ago, barn quilts. Uh, and I thought these were, to show you how naive I was, I thought these were actual quilts, but no, they're designs on the side of barns. And there's a three-county area in Missouri that has tons of barns that you can go and tour and uh, check out. So we'll hear more about that. Some U.S. cities and states have banned the sale of dogs in pet shops. The efforts have led to a Missouri lawmaker filing a bill designed to ban municipalities from regulating pet stores around the state. We'll have more on that. The Mark Twain National Forest is looking for some volunteers. And agriculture not only is the largest industry in Missouri, it's arguably one of the most important. And a significant grant from a federal agency looks to help the state invest further in its cover crops. Anthony Morabeth talks with Rob Myers at the MU Center for Regenerative Agriculture. Well, this is uh, one of a handful of projects awarded across the country by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Institutes of Food and Agriculture. In this case, our project is to implement uh, research, education, and extension programs that can lead to doubling cover crop acreage in the United States, along with other efforts that are out there. So happy to talk about the specifics of this project. And just doing some research into this myself, I think it's rather fascinating. Obviously, this is going to be music to the ears of our listeners, because obviously Missouri is a very important uh, state in the U.S. regarding agriculture and farming and things like that. So what does this new uh, $10 million grant project do for uh, Missouri, and, and what is it going to be designed for, you said? Yeah, so this project will put Missouri at the forefront of efforts to develop improved cover crops. And let me explain that cover crops are plants used to protect and improve the soil. So things like rye, uh, clover, vetches, even radishes. Though These are things that are planted typically in the fall after our corn and soybeans are harvested. And then they grow all fall through the next spring. Uh, to the time when we would plant our next summer's crop, like the next year's soybeans. So during that time, they're keeping the soil from washing away. Uh, they're keeping uh, fertilizers that have been applied to the field in place instead of running off into streams and rivers. They're helping uh, provide living roots that feed the organisms in the soil. Believe it or not, there can be more than a billion organisms in a single a tablespoon of soil. So it's it's pretty remarkable the role that these cover crops can play. And that's a reason that more and more farmers are interested in using them. And obviously you said this project aims to double the acreage of cover crops in the U.S. to 40 million acres by 2030. So um, how likely is this sort of a project that's being undertaken? Well, if our project was the only one working on cover crops, it probably wouldn't happen. But there are a number of other efforts to boost cover crop acreage. The thing that's been lacking is the development of new varieties and new seed production for the cover crops. So when a farmer is going to use a cover crop, the first thing they have to do is go out from a seed company and buy some of that rye or clover or vetches, radishes, those types of things to plant that fall, or in some cases, they may plant them in the summer after wheat. And uh, right now, if we were to, to very quickly double the acreage, we would have a, a tremendous shortage of seed to be able to do that. We also lack varieties that are suited 
for different regions. For example, some of the cereal rye that is sold to farmers was really developed for southern areas more like Florida and is not as suited to an area like uh, Missouri or, or far, farther north areas. So this project will do the research and uh, development needed to get some new varieties and new seed production out there. I was also reading that uh, this is uh, also going to help support the farmers and improve uh, practices during severe weather and obviously the fact that we are experiencing a climate that is getting warmer. Yeah, one of the roles that cover crops play is to improve the resiliency of the soil. So last summer in Missouri, we had a pretty dry summer in most parts of the states, and that really hurt farmers' crop yields. What cover crops can do in a dry year is they help when it does rain, every drop of rain go into the soil instead of maybe running off the surface of the field. And they do that by a variety of means, including stimulating more earthworm activity. The earthworms open up channels in the soil for the rain to soak in. The cover crops also help make the soil more like a sponge to soak up the rain. But they can help during wet periods too. We had a really wet spring in 2019 in Missouri, and we found that cover crops helped farmers plant sooner uh, that year when otherwise their crop planting was delayed. So these more extreme weather conditions we're seeing are definitely uh, helped by having cover crops as part of our cropping systems. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Rob Myers, the director of the University of Missouri's Center for Regenerative Agriculture here on Show Me Today. And uh, in case you missed it, uh, Myers is uh, leading a new $10 million grant project from the National Institute of Food and Agriculture. And obviously, this is an extremely important story, not to mention the fact that we're here in Missouri and one of the most important industries here in Missouri, obviously, of course, is farming and agriculture. And uh, I, I was looking into this project that you were mentioning a little bit earlier. There's a, a lot of states and several universities all helping in collaboration with this big project. Yeah, we, we have an active group from Missouri of about 14 scientists at the university involved, but we're also involving scientists from across the country. So there'll be close to 40 uh, researchers from all over the United States. We have every people from Maryland, people from Oregon, people from Texas and Minnesota. So it's all over. But we need that because different uh, soil types around the country, different climatic zones help us test these cover crops in different regions. The other thing we're doing to involve other states as well as Missouri is looking at how these cover crops can be used to boost cattle production or other livestock. Some of these cover crops are used as a way to feed uh, cattle in late fall or early spring. So we'll be doing some research with that. So it's not just for crop farmers, it's also gonna help our livestock producers. The other thing I think is worth mentioning is the fact that it is 2023, obviously, and we hear in the news a lot and we've heard in the news over the past several years that the population is growing, continuing to grow. And with a continuous, continuously growing population, you hear and read of the fact that uh, the, the food supply is always often mentioned in these stories. And I'd have to assume that one of the uh, things that's at least kept in the back of your mind when when taking a look at this sort of project is, hey, is this going to to help improve and increase the food supply uh, for the United States uh, moving forward? 
It definitely will. Uh, cover crops can help in several ways with that. One that I just mentioned is the feeding of livestock. So when we think about, well, we might only have so many acres of pasture or rangeland out west for feeding livestock. If we can use a cover crop, we can get some extra food for those animals on the same fields where we're harvesting corn or soybeans or cotton in the same year. So that's a plus. It allows us to get more food production per acre. Also in the tough weather conditions, as you mentioned earlier, the cover crops help stabilize yields. So if we're having a drought across much of the U.S., then we'd still get better yields in that year if we had more acres using cover crops. So it, it helps keep those uh, food prices a little more normalized instead of having big swings due to weather challenges or other issues. And obviously keeping an eye on the supply of seed and making sure you have an adequate supply of that. Uh, I, I think also uh, an effect or I guess, uh, yeah, I think an effect also of this would be the fact that moving forward with the food supply, uh, this could uh, continue to help benefit farmers, not just across Missouri, but farms across the Midwest and the Great Plains in improving their economic value and helping them further um, the, the food supply in the United States. You're exactly right. The cover crops help the farmers using them economically. Uh, they'll improve their profits over the long term. So that's really important. And then another opportunity with the cover crops is that some farmers will grow the seed of these new cover crop varieties, and that becomes another income source for them. And so uh, it helps in that way for a certain percentage of the farmers. And we hope some farmers in Missouri will be growing some of these new varieties in the future for sales. So it's a, it's a good thing economically, a definite win-win. Anything else you have to uh, mention or throw in before we let you go? Well, you know, I've been mentioning some agriculture factors, but cover crops really do benefit all of us. And it's our cleaner water. Uh, it helps with the climate challenges we're dealing with. And even just as you're driving across the countryside, seeing these greener fields in the winter, uh, you can very quickly see some of the benefits the cover crops are providing out there. So we've got lots more information on our website, which is cra.missouri.edu, or just do a search for Center for Regenerative Ag at the university. Thanks. And that's uh, Rob Myers, director of MU Center for Regenerative Agriculture here on Show Me Today. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.